They put on the helmet and pads. Flattened by a reader, short of the line of scrimmage. And make the big plays. Here comes Merciless, sack fumble, and the Texans have the ball. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. Got that first hit? You always need that first hit just to get into the rhythm. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. That was just a fun little tweet I sent out, but I was like, didn't expect it to blow up the way it did. Oh, my goodness. Welcome to the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Live from Fuddruckers with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. <laughs> Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome. We are back in Stafford for the Fuddruckers Texans Player Show. And since it's bye week, we have no current player. And by not current, I mean this guy hasn't played for a while. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, won't you please welcome, <laughs> I believe it's his first ever appearance on the Fuddruckers Texans it Player is. Show, Andre Ware. <laughs> Thank you, guys. And finally get the uh, the invite to Fuddruckers, so uh, it's good to visit with you guys. I see you every week. You, I, I listen to the show every week, and so it's nice to be here. Mark, oh, this... why have you not invited exactly. Andre? Exactly. Why, why am I? Why is this just the first time? Well, because I'm I'm afraid he's going to steal some of my thunder. That's all. Okay? I feel weird sitting between the two of you. I feel like you two should be sitting together. Wait, no, we, there, there's someone between us every single week yeah. on Sundays, and we don't we really don't look and communicate. When we're doing a game together, it's just kind of second nature after, yep. what, 17 years? Yep, it's telepathic. I can tell by the voice inflections when I can talk and when to <laughs> shut up. And, you know, so he's very specific about that, isn't he? Oh, my goodness, yeah. yeah. He, he, uh, I know what's important and when to step away, and when he's in the middle of a call, do not interrupt. So. <laughs> Uh, he, he, he's made me a better broadcaster, no doubt about it. Oh, that's so nice. That's really nice. You've made me a better one but, because but, but and a better listener, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're definitely going to get into some dirt a little bit later because I want to oh, hear gosh. some stories about oh, that boy. first season. Oh, man. The first season? The first season, Ooh. the first broadcast. Like, I'm sure it wasn't always such smooth sailing. It, it actually pretty much was, it, right, It Dre? has been since the very first lunch that we went to. Uh, yep. Like, that would be 18 years ago before... It, Either one of us was hired. Actually, you were hired, and yeah. I was kind of still going through the interview process, so to speak. And and uh, we just kind of hit it off from day one. We and did. Uh, I was hoping. I sat for a while in limbo, not knowing if I was <laughs> going to get the gig or not. And uh, then all of a sudden, I got the call from both uh, Bill Van Rysdam and, right. and Mark, and, and uh, the rest is kind of history. So the first time you guys ever did a broadcast together, was that during the preseason, or did you do, like, some fake? No, we. I don't think we did right. anything. I, don't, I think we went right in, into the preseason that year. Well, we did the scrimmage at Robertson. Yes. We did that, and we were complaining about the booth, because Robertson had that. <laughs> so you have that in that, common. Yes, yeah. we had that porch or something. I warned him, though, because that's kind of where I cut my teeth, is right. on, uh, on U of H Radio, which is when I met Bill. And uh, he called me and asked me if I'd be interested. And I said, uh, yeah, I'd be interested. And so when we were getting ready to go do the scrimmage at Robertson, I'm like, look, it's a small, intimate boot. So <laughs> it's weird. I'm it's, giving it's you like, fair warning. It's not like Mark to complain it about. Is no it. Longer no, that way, not at all. No. It is no longer that way, though. It has totally changed. So when the yeah. first broadcast, that you, the first time you guys ever called a game together, was that scrimmage? Yeah, was, that was the scrimmage. The yeah. hard knocks. And then, and then three days later, it was weird because August 2nd was the scrimmage, 2002. August 5th was the Hall of Fame I don't know how he remembers game. this stuff. I just do. I don't know. It just happens. But we uh, we did the Hall of Fame game to the, together, and that's that's no bargain either. That's a high school stadium. Yeah. It was in um, Canton, Ohio. And I remember the thing about that game that I'll never forget, besides being the first game in the history of the franchise, never mind that. At halftime, it's time to go to the bathroom, right? It's bathroom <laughs> break time. 
and there's only one bathroom in that press box oh, yeah. at Fawcett Stadium. And there's a guy there, like a Secret Service agent type guy, <laughs> saying, we're holding it for John Madden. And I'm like, no, now we all have to use the bathroom after Madden. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and how long is this going to take? <laughs> of course, that's my prevailing memory. We only have 12, 12 minutes of halftime, <laughs> so we'll just speed this so along. So midway through the fourth quarter, I got back to the booth, and uh, everything was fine. Yeah. <laughs> we had a good time, though. You know, it's, it's true, though. We, uh, I listened to Dre. He did a game. You did the Houston Bowl. In 2002, 2001 season, yeah. and that's that's the old Houston Bowl, not not the Texas Bowl, not the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl, but it was the Houston Bowl. I think Texas then Tech became the gallery the furniture. Uh, it, it was the gallery furniture Houston Bowl. I think yep. they sponsored it. And I heard you in that broadcast, and I'm like, this is the guy. Let's just go. I mean, what, what, are, what are we waiting for? You know, Andre's got to be the guy. So. I appreciate that. You guys are a good yin and yang. I think Mark is it, it, Mark is his high energy self, and then you've got this nice folksy experience that you add to the broadcast you guys you guys sound really well together i mean i kind of wanted you to say oh we hated each other no. the first time and then no. we sort of overcame no, these obstacles that's, that's <laughs> never like a been, movie you know like the climactic moment now we're that best has friends. never been the case but it was smooth sailing from the jump uh, it's I, i've worked with a lot of guys and I, i'll uh some that uh that i've enjoyed working with and some that i don't trust uh, as far as i can see them but that's never been the case with mark i've, I've always we've always had we've kind of I've been friends from the word go, and uh, it's felt that way. And so I think that's made for a seamless transition into the booth and, and how we do games on Sunday. How reassuring has that been for you, knowing that he's there on Sundays or Mondays? Because mm-hmm. it seems like you bounce, a lot, you bounce around so much yeah. during the college season calling no, games I, on Saturdays. You I, different, uh, different... That, that's part of my deal with him is that he'll call me or send a text, where are you? And I'm like, man, I'm uh, I'm in the air. I don't know if I'm going to make it. And I'm sitting in the hotel room. So, you know, he, he I, I pull his chain a little bit. It's good. It's, it's good. And have a little Sunday, fun with said, that. I said, uh, don't estas. And he goes, Boise. <laughs> this is like an hour before the bus leaves. I'm like, no. But, you know, he's still, I'm so gullible. He still can get me sometimes with that, with that, you know. Or he'll call, he used to call my hotel room. Mark, Mark, it's Andre. I don't know if I can go today. That's First couple of times he did it, I bought it. And I was just like, listen, do tea, honey, what's, let's go. What's <laughs> life without a little fun? You Dr. Know? Vandermeer, yeah. Comes but, out. but Andre, there must have been some close calls because you've oh, got yeah. those late Saturday games yeah. sometimes and then catching a flight and getting to the Texans game. Have you ever almost missed a game or been really in fear that you've been in this kickoff? <laughs> he probably knows this uh, as well as I do, but when I just hear the the city Manhattan, Kansas, I, I automatically like break in the hives because yeah. you can get in, but you cannot get out. Yeah. And so uh, it was an eight o'clock central time kick, which that's bad in itself. And now you're in the middle of nowhere in Manhattan and we're playing in Jacksonville. So you mix the two. There aren't a whole lot of flights going to Jacksonville. Yeah. I experienced that. And I was in New Orleans a couple of weeks ago. Doing a two-lane SMU game, and I had to get to New uh, to to Jacksonville. Well, that's fly to Orlando, and now you're on your own. Let's figure out a way to get to Jacksonville. But from Manhattan, Kansas, so Ooh. that week I'll shorten it. I literally flew in. There was tr- uh, stadium traffic. I sat down, put my headset on, and the ball kicked. Ooh. Wow! And what he year just, was that? When that was a couple of years. Uh, that's been a while. That yeah, is, that's that, been a while. That's been at least it, eight, nine years ago. And in Jacksonville, you have that long ride from the airport, so we knew he was on his way. But, yeah, it was, but when it was you get reached stadium traffic, yeah. it's like, let me out of the car. I'm better off walking at this point. 
Yeah. And so I sat down, literally sat down, put my headset on, and the ball kicked. I know this year you said getting to Jacksonville was a bit of a pain again, and I joked to Andre. I said, why didn't you just get on Deshaun's bus? Yeah. Just, oh, know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the rock yeah. and roll bus. You could have just he hopped had, on the He had to drive right by me, you know, so I could have just got on there and had a good time on the way to Jacksonville. <laughs> I bet Watch that was a fun bus. Watched a few uh, movies and, yeah, a couple of good meals. I heard they stopped, what, at Fleming's? Or That's something insane. in New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. So I was right so, there. So clearly it's a fun time when you guys are in the booth together. Yeah. How much fun have the last six wins been, though? Because there have been some roller coaster-like yeah. wins. I mean, it, this has been a, a different experience over the last six. Yeah. I mean, what, we've gone seven wins in a row one time? Yep. And that that's it. So this is a... Uh, this and that's been a while. So this has been a good experience. And you're you're always on pins and needles. I'm kind of a... You know, until the final whistle before it's uh, anything can happen. And I'm a realist that anything can happen in a football game. But until the, the clock hits zero and the last whistle's blown and Texans win or I hear him say that, then I'm always kind of sitting on my hands hoping and let's get this over with. But uh, it's been nice the last six weeks, especially during this streak, because there have been some real nail biters. Ooh. You know, the, the three games Sunday was a nail biter. Oh, gosh. Yes. I mean, until until he missed it, I was convinced he was going to make it. Yeah. I was like, "How's he going to miss this? My gosh, please miss it!" But it's just a lot to ask after the fourth and eight was the big play. Well, I thought the no, fourth and eight was I, the. I dagger. think he made a good point in the game because there was a run late by Lindsey that went for nothing, or he may have lost a couple of yards. Yeah, Covington with and the so CFL. it goes from a forty-eight, forty-something yard field goal to fifty-one, and so that's playing inside of a kicker mind, forty-something. He's going to knock that one down. Right. But when you get over 50, now it's, okay, do I get it up fast enough? How hard do I need to hit it? All that's going through his mind. And OB, we had a timeout, right? He chose not to freeze him. And he kicks it and misses it, and it goes wide right, where Vance Joseph uh, freezes Kaimi, and he misses one, and then he freezes him, comes back, and he knocks the the other one in right before. So those are are big moments in a football game that I think – that kick before halftime, you never say one play wins it, but turns out that was the game winner. What about kick, when you ice a kicker right before they kick? I felt like with Kaimi, he missed that first one, yeah. but it was almost like a practice kick. He got another shot at it. Yeah, you but go when, through the routine. But when Bill ices a kicker, it's way before, so it's you get a chance to think he doesn't, about it. He doesn't. He doesn't actually kick it. Yeah, but he has to run right. out there, then run back. I think that's the way to do it because you don't want to give anybody a practice kick. Right. And it's like so, being on so the they can adjust the free drive. And he was given a, a practice kick that, you know, who cares if you make or miss it? You're just going to go through the, the motion of, of, of doing it. But then the second one was money when uh, they were out of timeouts and he knocks it in and we go into halftime. And I don't know about you guys, but when I hear kicker in Denver, yeah. I automatically think, well, up to about 68, 69, 70 yards, everything's fair game. Doesn't really, it, I don't care who it is. So, like, a 50 <laughs> okay. yarder in Denver, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. just nothing. So I was, I was like, uh, I was a little pessimistic at that point. Yeah, the and wind, I was pleasantly surprised. The wind was a very strange factor because it seemed like it was swirling, and at that very moment, I looked at the flags. The flags were at a standstill. Yep. Yep. But I was talking to John Harris and a few people that were on the field. They said it was actually still really windy on the field, oh, even we, though in the third quarter it got ridiculously yeah. windy. There were like ridiculously. napkins like flying ev- around. Every time the <laughs> ref opened his mic Trash, to make yeah. a call, we had to like almost take our headsets uh, off. Because it got so loud. If you look at Fairbairn's kick, the one that took the lead, 1917, it starts out at the left upright and almost misses the right upright. Yeah, it was it, crazy. It really bent. And I was talking to John Weeks last night at the Taste of the Texans, presented by Cisco. Great event, by the way. 
I was talking to him about that, and he said the wind was really buzzing then, and Kaimi had to start it left and hope that he got it in. And it was a short kick. It was 37 yards, but you still have to play the wind, and he made it. And that was a huge kick. That was a pressure kick because if you don't make that, now you need another opportunity to take the lead. So it all worked out for them. That was a kicking battle and a lot of, you know, missed kick issues in that game. Fairbairn missing the extra point. McManus with the late. There were a first lot of half issues miss. in that game. Yeah, that, a lot of uh, issues were in our favor, so to speak, mm-hmm. yep. that day. You know, Brad Seeley, the uh, special teams coordinator, he was talking today. Somebody asked him about Trevor Daniel, and he said mm-hmm. that he asked him before the game, "Have you ever kicked an altitude?" He said, "No." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, wouldn't you be concerned? And you know, it, oh, no. it still. I mean, he still had a. a he has really been good money. Game. He has he been really money all season long, quietly never, going about right. his business and doing his job. And and uh, that is one area that, you know, you take over from a guy from a Hall of Famer, I think, in Shane Leckler, and uh, to perform the way he has, uh, he has earned the right to, uh, you know, t- to do it, and he does it well. And yeah. Shane's great, but you can see why they did it. Yeah. You can see There's that this no kid's really good. And even with that, he was asked today, Seeley, hey, what do you think when you made that? Was it a tough call cutting him? He said, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, there's always trepidation, and he used that word, trepidation, when you, th- when you see this guy. But Daniel's put it on the money and where it needs to mm-hmm. go. And the coverage units are so much better. I don't want to turn this into punter radio, but right. the coverage units punter have been radio. so much better. I mean, they're starting no, well, there's almost a, like 10 yards behind where the There's a sense starts. of security when you have an experienced coaching staff and then you have an experienced player that you know can get the job done. And then there's the unknown. The unknown has got a tremendous amount of talent. But, man, this you know I'm secure with this. Yeah. And I know what Leckler can do from week to week, but... Hey, hats off to the coaching staff and everybody involved that made helped make that decision because Trevor Daniels been money. Can we talk about someone else that's been money lately? Deshaun Watson, as a co- former quarterback, yeah. looking at him. Yeah. I mean, how has he evolved in these last few games? Seems like to not have the turnover and to only be throwing touchdowns these last three games. What's been the big difference? For he has right, got hold, hold that stuff for a second. Oh, okay. That's a little special. We'll we'll get into that. We will get into that, and we'll get to know Andre Ware a little bit better, <laughs> shall we? Why not? He's here. It's the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show in Stafford. Keep it here for more of the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show right here on Texans Radio. 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 Now back to Fuddruckers for more of the Texans Players Show. Fuddruckers and Stafford, Mark Vandermeer, Drew Doherty, DB Sidhu, and Andre Ware joining us tonight here as we will be back at Greenway next week. Guest TBD, it's going to be a defensive lineman. I can tell you that. We're going to narrow it down to a position group. It's going to be a defensive lineman, and I think it's someone who's not been on the show yet this year. Ooh, so I like that. that. Yes. J.J. Watt, come on down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the criteria. Freeways yeah, and uh, <laughs> big traffic jams. <laughs> all kinds from of the good Raptors, stuff. Huh? Like, yeah. We might be accused of the awesome. old bait and switch in yep. that case. Yep. So. They like it. Let's do it, Mark. Yeah, I, I think they would like it. I think they would like it, indeed. They'd start camping now. It'd be like Duke basketball when they played North Carolina. <laughs> they're, well, they're playing tonight. They are playing. I can't yeah, it's a believe couple it's of good games on tonight, no and doubt. Even though the NBA's been going, it just feels so it, early. Yeah, like uh, I couldn't believe the four teams that are playing: Kansas, Michigan State, Duke, and who's the, who's the Kentucky? Kentucky's Kentucky. Playing? I couldn't believe all four coaches agreed to play this early in the season. So, yeah. well, it's so good for their sport, though, no for doubt. Their programs to get that kind of exposure. Yep. 
And um, I know I'll be watching a bunch of it. I love college hoops, and I know you do, too. Uh, big hoops fan. Yeah. So, Especially all right. college basketball. DP's question about Watson. I what guess just it? the growth. I, I mean, you were out there at camp. Right. We, were, we were watching camp. We were watching practice together a few times. So now that, you know, after the 0-3 start, it seemed like he wasn't quite looking like himself, and he sort of evolved into what we thought he could be. Right. What do you think the biggest change for him was? Do you think it was his health? Do you think it was just – I was asking Sean Ryan about it, and he, he, like, listed a number of things, but I just wanted to get your perspective. No, I, I think when you have the type of injury that he had – and you're coming back from that, you know, yeah, he played a little bit, not much in the preseason, but then when it gets real, the game, and from a, a fan standpoint, the game really gets fast from the preseason to the regular season. And now you're coming back in between your ears, am I fully back? I've done all the workouts, I've done this, that, and the other, and then you're a little bit apprehensive as to being hit and things of that sort. But once you figure out that I am okay, I am the same player, matter of fact, I might, I'm a better version of what I was before the injury, I think that helped a tremendous amount. That mixed with um, him feeling a little bit of the pressure of being the franchise quarterback and maybe trying to do a little bit too much too fast. So he pulled back a little bit, and that allowed him to just pick up right where he left off last last year because he was trying to make throws earlier in those first three games that uh, last year – we didn't see that, so he was pushing a little bit too hard. You talk about pulling back him. You know, he pulls back himself. We still don't. I don't. I don't want to say clamps. I don't want to say there's been restrictions, but we haven't seen the full Deshaun Watson yet either, have we? I don't know. At times, I think we have, Drew, because think, they, oh, think, every I think week they're limiting. I'm things. looking at him like, how the hell did he get out of that? Oh yeah. You know, hey, how does he? How does he? How do he escape that one? And the ordinary guy is sacked, and and it's. Now second and sixteen or whatever it is. Yeah, we've seen that movie around here. Before. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, we've seen it way too many times <laughs> over the years. But uh, this is a different, different guy. And so he, the the thing with every receiver that comes in in here now, especially Demarius Thomas, hadn't played with a guy like this because you're always still in the play no matter what. He's moving around. Uh, you might think that you know pass rush has gotten there. Stay live because he is always live. Yeah. Yeah, That's excellent a good point. point. Excellent point. All right, let's get to some questions from the crowd here for Andre Ware at Bud Ruckers. Go ahead. What's your name? Hi, my name's Laura. Hi, Laura. What's Hi, your Laura. question? Hi there. Andre, if you were getting drafted in the 2018 NFL, what are some of the things about your playing style that you'd have to change? Uh, you're talking about from when I played? Absolutely nothing because I fit in today's game. You actually fit <laughs> no, in better, There's no right? doubt. I actually fit better in today's game. Than I did back then. I, I you know, then now you're looking for mobility. You're looking for speed. I could actually run back in the day now, Mary. I could, <laughs> I could go. And so, uh, you know, from that standpoint, I, I think it. Uh, I fit right in it athletically uh, with arm straight, all those things. It seems like the entire league is sort of moving towards that because it's so hard to defend yeah. against a quarterback that does both. I, te I tell people all the time, we were way before our times at the University of Houston, and I was lucky to be a part of it. Life in itself is, is all about timing. We were one of the first to go no huddle, and you see that all the time. Even in, on this level, right. you're calling a lot of plays at the line of scrimmage. The only difference would be, is, and I tell you this all the time, I never took a gun snap at the University of Houston. Right. I was always under center, and I preferred it that way. But uh, isn't know, that the pure run and shoot philosophy? It is because like Jim of the, Kelly, but the, the gamblers didn't the, do it either, no, right? The timing and the things of that sort. Now, when I left, they started experimenting. David Klingler and, and that group started experimenting with with a shotgun a little bit, but I preferred being under center. So how with, come? Why? Why? 
Because of timing, I, I look at uh, at coverages, for instance. You're trying to disguise something going from two deep to three deep or three deep to two deep. In that split second, it can change. And so if your eyes are having to, to worry about, am I catching a gun snap, now I'm missing the rotation of coverages as opposed to my eyes being there. And I just, I don't know, I love Byron Forsythe and William Gant, my centers at, at Houston, but I just, I trusted my eyes more so than that snap being in the same place every single time. So I preferred being under center. That's a great but it, point. But it would fit with, with, with today's game, no doubt. And, boy, the money they're making now. <laughs> Can we dial back the, the, the time? That's a great question. All right, next question. Lawrence, what do you have? How's it going, Andre? Great, kind of great, touched Lawrence. on this a little bit, but what are some of the special traits and talents that you see in Deshaun Watson as a quarterback? Uh, I see one. The, the, the main thing is, is the retention of what goes in during the week and being able to take it from practice to the game. He is wise beyond his years. And if you can figure things out on Wednesday and Thursday, you're way ahead of the curve by the time you get to Sunday. So you, by that, I mean you know what defenses are, are doing. You know what you're faced with. Uh, he knows as he gets to the line of scrimmage, if there's something that he didn't see during the week, how to get the team out of a bad play into a good one based on what the defense is trying to run. So that that in itself is impressive to me. Forget about all the physical things that, that he has because he's got all you need physically. He is gifted from the neck up like nobody at nobody's business. Do you think that comes from instinct? Do you think it comes from just having no, a really I, good I think, memory? I what think is that's that? hard work and just being a smart individual, soaking the game up, and then putting in the time necessary to where you – you're thinking the game like Coach O'Brien is thinking the game by the time you break the huddle or if you're at the line of scrimmage trying to push the issue. Uh, and that's when I think you have, you've kind of evolved as a quarterback, when you can think it like the guy that's calling the plays. And he just played game 16 of his career. So yeah. he's just played his first He's just season. played a full season. 36 touchdowns. I mean, where are we going to be a year <laughs> from now? Whoo-wee, 36. Mark, we're going to call a lot of wins with 36, yeah, yeah. 36 <laughs> touchdown passes a year. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. Very nice. That's All nice. Right. What's your name and what's your question? My name is Antoinette, and I want to say go Raiders, go Texans. All right. And my question, uh, what was the number one thing you learned from playing with Barry Sanders, if anything? Oh, man. Uh, playing with Barry. Now you're taking me back a little bit. Barry was a tremendous athlete the people he was only what five eight and we would we would work out in the summers and go over to oakland university which is right down from uh pontiac and play basketball in the off season and what uh i was blown away with was a five eight guy with these big quads that could stand under the basket and just go straight up and dunk it and so barry was very passionate about basketball i think he was more passionate about basketball than football because it came easy Football came easy to Barry. Basketball was where his true passion lies. And so he would get on the court and actually talk smack. And we're like, who is this guy? Because he doesn't say two words in the locker room. But what I learned from him was just hard work. He put in the hard work during the week if he was awake because he would fall asleep in meetings. We would actually take bets on how fast he would fall asleep, myself and Willie Green and a couple of the uh, the receivers. <laughs> All right, we got, I got money on 10 minutes, and oh, I'm going 12 minutes today. And we'd look over, and Barry was knocked out. He could go to sleep on the, at the drop of a dime. But when he was awake and when we were in the weight room and, and, and practice, he worked as hard as anybody. And so it forced, when you have your best player 
with a work and work ethic that he had, everybody else had to follow. So you didn't want, you don't want to come up short next to Barry. Barry would take every handoff in practice, and whether we were on the goal line or at the fifty or on going in, he was crossing the goal line. I remember when he retired, how much of a I guess controversy it was, the timing of it. It didn't surprise any of us, though. It didn't surprise you? Not how, at all. How many, how many seasons do you think he had left in him? Oh, Physically I, I, speaking. I, about five. At the very least, he had five wow. left. But I think the, the losing got to him. The coaching changes got to him. Uh, we had a conversation once that uh, he, he was – it's funny. She asked that question, but he really loved Oakland and the Raiders and the mm. uniform. Mm. And I think had he been dealt – he would have he would have kept playing, but uh, the losing just got to him. That would and that cut it short. That would have imagine that yeah. strat- with Rich Gannon and yeah, Tim Brown and all those guys. He really had a uh, oh a gosh. love affair with with the Oakland Raiders at the, at that time. You, you think talk- somebody would have made that happen back in the day with no, how they, well, he, he was. wasn't going to ever leave Detroit. They they weren't ever going to trade Barry Sanders, and rightfully so. You talked about his basket. Was he a passer? Was he a shooter? Both? Was <laughs> he, he was a shooter. You know, he thought that that you know he had the best <laughs> jumper and. And if you allowed him, he would embarrass you. He would dunk on you. And there's, that's just the kind of athlete he was. So it was fun fun playing with him. It's funny because I was in Michigan. I lived there, and I was the voice of Central Michigan mm-hmm. with, right around the time you were with the Lions, right. you know, and little did we know. Right up the I road mean, You weren't thinking another. about Central Michigan, but anyway, I knew who you were. So the Lions used to have this traveling basketball team that would play in the offseason. Yes, Robert tra- Clark was on yeah, it. I Robert played in a Porsche, few games. Yes. Those guys. I remember it. You and, did? And I remember I was, it well. Oh, I, yeah. We were in Cadillac, Michigan, way up in northern Michigan, and I was playing a game against the Detroit Lions. Yeah. Yeah. And we were kind of like the Washington Generals to their Globetrotters. It's like, and they, they, they coached us. They're like, guys, listen, don't mess with the Lions. No, they much. would come <laughs> to us in the office and ask us who's interested in playing. And, and, of course, if you had any basketball background and you still wanted to you know, hoop, in which all of us that did, we were doing it anyway. Yeah, you're so competitive like, guys. Oh, yeah. we might as well get around and, and go do this. And so it was fun. Seems a, a little unfair. Who who was your competition? Just random guys you know, at the rec we center? We just play ra- random people. I, I don't know how they ever came up with the games, but they were fun. They you were play like the, police, like the police department <laughs> yeah. in one town or the fire. Like basically you'd mix it up, right? You know, yeah. it's, and, of course, they, they would see us coming, and then you want to make a name for yourself. So they're, they're playing hard, sure. and it's like, uh, we better pick it up, you know. So oh, there was good. Duncan Herman Moore f- played on a couple of those teams. Reggie Barrett. How good was Herman Moore? Herman Moore was, oh, sick. Sick. I don't know if I've seen a receiver with better hands. Wow. He caught everything out here. It never got into his body. Mm-hmm. And so when you have a 6'5 receiver, that could run and caught everything away from his body. The catch radius was ridiculous. So he would make any quarterback look good. All right, more questions from the crowd. What's your name and what's your question as we get to the next question from the crowd? Hi, I'm Rochelle. Hi, Rochelle. Do you ever think about what would have happened had you gone to Texas and played defense? Oh, Ooh, that's good. a good one. That's a great question. You just opened a can of worms. Wow, that's, <laughs> that's a great question. Do I ever think about it? Not in that regards. I think about it from the standpoint of if I would have gone there and actually gotten a shot to play quarterback. And that was my dream growing up as a kid was to go to the University of Texas and play quarterback. Forgive me, Coug fans, but it is it, it, at that time, that's what was on my mind. And uh, I'm glad they were honest. And the way it happened was all they had to do was lie to me, and I was going. If they'd have said, well, we're going to let you play quarterback, I was going to sign. And my high school coach called me in his office, as he always does. He kind of puts something in your mind, and then he walks out. 
and leaves you to think about it. He says, what do you want to play in college? I said, quarterback. He says, well, when that guy from Texas comes in here again, ask him, uh, just have a conversation with him. And he walks out of his own office. And so I'm sitting there like, what is this about? So the next time Tommy Rio came in, I asked him, what position do you want me to play? Mm. And he said, defensive back. And I said, well, I'm not taking the visit. And he goes, well, you're not going to give us a chance. And I said, why would I give you one when you won't give me one? And Mm. so that was kind of how that ended. I never even stepped on the campus at Texas. And that hurt because, like I mentioned, I wanted to go there. All they had to do was lie to me. How good I wanted to follow in the footsteps of Donnie Little, who had won a state championship in Dickinson and gone on to the the University of Texas and play quarterback. That, that's all I wanted to do was follow in his footsteps. And uh, to have to say no under any circumstances was, uh, was tough. How good would you have been as a defensive back? Pretty good because I played the position uh, in that kind of mentality. I was, a little bit, I was wired a little differently between the white lines. Mm-hmm. And it took, if you, as long as you didn't say anything to me during the game, you were okay <laughs> as an opposing team. Right. But once you open that can up, yeah, it was uh, it was on. You play you play both ways at Dickinson. Uh, the first three games, and then when he found somebody to play free safety, I was always snatched out. I did kick though, so I I would throw a touchdown pass or run one, and then have to go get my shoe and come back and kick the extra point. <laughs> Got to get a different shoe. Yeah, I had a, I had the, I was a straight on kicker with a uh, with the shoe. The flat too. You were yeah. straight. You were Mark Mosley. Yes, I was straight yeah. on. And, kicker. and the way that came about is I was just horsing around in practice one day without the shoe and making them. And he says, uh, do you try this on? And he t- throws me this shoe, and I started making them. He'd back me up. And I made a few more, and he says, all right, you're going to be our kicker. And I was all district <laughs> at kicker, along with being quarterback. Outstanding. Yeah, it's funny. That funny how life is. So the Cougs tell you you can play quarterback here. Yes, they did. And um, when I, by the time I hit campus, I would sign there with Coach Yeoman to be a veer quarterback. All I wanted mm-hmm. was the opportunity to just play quarterback. That's all I'd ever played and wanted to play since seventh grade. And uh, by the time I got to campus, Coach Pardee was there and the run and shoot was installed. And it's a little different. Th- the rest is, uh, yeah, history. I was studying uh, Jim Kelly and the footwork, and I was frustrated as hell tr- you know, in preparation to get ready to go through that stuff. And... Uh, you know, I picked up on it pretty quickly. Were you studying Jim Kelly gamblers yes, stuff? What yes. they give you? Did party and then give you <clears throat> yeah, tape? Yeah, watching film and, and things of that sort and, and uh, trying to figure out, okay, it's five to the right, six to the left. When you're throwing quickly to the right, it's a quick three as opposed to a quick four going left. And, yeah, you've seen the pull out from the center. Yeah, and you're actually s- moving before your hands come from under. And right. it's, uh, it was, it's, it's, it's an advantage and glad to have uh, – been in the right place at the right time. Because you're kind of going to one side or the other, right? You're not yeah. really going straight Short back. There, there were a few drop-back plays that we would have, but it was an angle drop when we'd go 90, and that was obviously to the right. And if we dropped left, it was 91, but you were dropping, having to square your shoulders up. Interesting. All yeah. right, Andre Ware is with us. What it was like to win a certain award, I wonder that what that <laughs> might be. And a few other things on the Texans as well here. We're in Stafford. It's the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Big finish is up next. The Fuddruckers Texans Players Show continues in a moment. Continues in a moment. Continues in a moment. We're back with more of the Texans Players Show live from Fuddruckers. And we're back. We're live on the air. How about that? 
We were just talking. Sometimes we just talk. Still talking about football. Budbuckers Texas Players Show here in Stafford. I hope that everything, um, everything that might have gotten on the air is good to get on the air. Yeah, we're we t- didn't. We're just talking about another team. It's we're right. talking about another team and their their woes up north in the DFW area, <laughs> that kind of thing. Andre Ware's with us here at Fuddruckers and Stafford for the Fuddruckers Texas Players Show. Now, yep. we were talking about, what were we talking about? I had a question for <laughs> Andre because we recorded, we did extra points, one extra points the other night. A tough yes. question. I've got a tough question yes, for him. He kind of knows what it is. We were yeah. talking about, Drew asked Mark and me about Andre Johnson versus DeAndre Hopkins. And he just threw it out there. He just there. threw it out there like we're just supposed to come up with an answer on the spot. But do we think that... You were all that prepared for it yesterday. Mm. Go ahead. We, we don't read, I don't, some of us read don't read our stuff? emails. Yeah. <laughs> do you think Hopkins has now surpassed Andre Johnson as far as... I didn't know. How well, did you word it? Let's no. word it the way you worded it. He's creeping into the territory where you're going to have to start asking, is he as good as, is he better than Andre Johnson? Hmm. Creeping? Is that how we Ooh. worded it? Okay. Tiptoeing. Or, or, what was Mark's response? Or if you, you, you can ask, no you can no ask it this way. You, you want me no to give copying. you my response? What was your response? <laughs> my yeah. response I'll well, give you an honest answer. I just want to hear his. Okay. Well, it, first of all, Andre's career is in the books. And Bill O'Brien put it this way. Andre's one of the greatest to ever play the game. Yeah. I mean, and, and when you look at the kind of, you know, the quarterbacking he had, Matt's job was pretty good. We all know this. But, you know, Andre Johnson also helped him be pretty good. But look at the quarterbacks he's played with throughout his career. And then you look at another thing here. I always like to point this out, how the, the receivers are all different, different styles. It's subjective a the lot of the stuff. personalities like, are different, It's like too. art, too. Yeah. But Andre got tremendous separation, highly physical, great hands. He really did. I think that the argument wouldn't be, I'm not going to say it wouldn't exist, but Andre would be more highly regard, regarded historically if they threw him in the red zone more often. They yes. wouldn't. They took him out of the game sometimes. Now, they ran the ball well with Arian Foster in the red zone, so that was that was good, too. But Andre never had more than nine touchdowns in a season. So, to me, it's almost – it's not unfair as a comparison. You're going to make the comparison. I, but I think DeAndre is – you know, he's in that group. Andre was in the top three of wide receivers while he played. Hopkins is in the top three for sure while he's playing. And I, I think it's a little too early to say because he's – halfway or whatever he is through his career right now yeah uh i would agree there they're they're different to me the andre it was kind of the complete uh finished product and we got to see it all the way through and you're right he was a physical receiver with a blazing speed that defenses had to respect deandre gets it done in a little bit different way uh his is more from a quickness standpoint and separation by uh, the intricacies of the uh, of the position that he probably learned some of from andre i mean and how to get open just a little hint here and how to extend he, he gets away with a little bit of a, an extension and then he's out of his route the hands i would favor deandre yeah because he catches everything, everything. we've seen some catches that weren't even i, I guess What's the term? They weren't. Uh, they weren't in the zip code. <laughs> well, no, they, you know, you don't think he's going to make that. He makes, just a couple of weeks ago, the one between the legs, you'll never see that again. He makes the remarkable, and routine. it didn't even yeah. count. Yeah. You know, it was there was a penalty on the play. But uh, I think he's still a work in progress with an op- with an opportunity to surpass what uh, Andre did, and and I think that's fair. I think you guys both wormed your way out of this question. So I'm going to paraphrase. Okay. Six years in, now compare them. 
because I know Andre's career was much longer. It's much more prolific. But six mm. years in, six years. Andre Johnson at the six-year mark. DeAndre Hopkins at the six-year mark. I can't just have them both in the run and shoot no. and have Andre no. play Z and, and DeAndre Andre. play X. No. Maybe <laughs> QT in the slot. Six years in, DeAndre's better his first six years because Andre got, first of all, he got hurt in 2007. Yeah. All right. He got hurt in week two. He missed a he missed several games with an MCL, I believe. Uh, he was already wowing us, but Andre's best years, you look at 08, 09, 10. Those were phenomenal years uh, 12, for Andre I, I think even 12. DeAndre would tell you, and I agree with you in the, the six-year comparison, but I think even DeAndre would, can, would tell you that he benefited from having Andre on the other side and how to learn the game yeah, for and how years. to play the game for a couple of years. Yeah. Andre came in, and it was basically a brand-new situation. There was no veteran. Yeah, it was like Jabbar Gaffney. Jabbar. Yeah. Corey there was Bradford, no yeah. veteran Corey that, that you could look up to that – Played at that level, they were all young. So yeah. you, you know, you, you th- that advice was priceless. And he had David Carr throwing him the ball. All respect to David, but you're right. There was not that kind of but think about system it. in place. Think about it. Year six. That's a perfect thing to bring up because in year six, both of these guys were in the second year with the quarterback, their greatest. Win. Yeah. And Schaub's second year was 08. Watson's year was a. Uh, you know, this is Watson's second. Year. No, no, no jab is shot, but give me Watson. Of course, yeah. And, and course. the development as I am in the sixth year, if I'm DeAndre and and I get to finish this ride with him, and he's just starting, just warming yeah. up. Uh, yeah, this, I, this could really get get kind of crazy. Excuse me, uh, Johnson had Carr for those six years, but look at look, who's Hopkins had. He's had a dozen guys, and he's yeah. put up before he's still put yeah. numbers. It didn't matter. I, I think the benefit, the having the benefit of him on the other side, or every day at practice and in the locker room yeah. and things, that goes a long, long way. Yep. Yeah, I think that, and also Arian was still on the team. Yeah. Dwayne Brown, you had all these guys who had done some things in this league yep. for DeAndre Hopkins to sort of draw from. Andre came into a young franchise, second year in the business, and it wasn't quite the same thing, uh, but. To Andre Johnson's credit, you go into year seven, eight, nine. He played, what, 12 years for this franchise. You know, DeAndre Hopkins has to keep it going. Yeah. You know, great oh, first I don't, I don't half or whatever be it is. Any, any drop-off. His, yeah, he seems to be getting uh, stronger as as the years start to stack up. So the he's got a lot of good football left. Yeah, the recognition has finally shown up because, like, he makes that huge play on Sunday Night Football with the spin around. You know, I, that's the other thing. Like, we talk about speed, and maybe he doesn't have the four sub four four like four three type speed. Who cares? He's got spinorama. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I tell plays. people all the time. Dehydrated. If you, if yeah, dehydrated. If you can run four three and four four straight ahead, but you can't do it when you have the pads on and pointless. guys are coming at. It's What's pointless. The point? You right. go from four three to four eight. You can't use that. Yeah. So you, if you run four five, flat, and you play at four five flat, you're gonna beat. You can. You can outdo a whole lot of guys at that speed, and he shows that. And I, I'm not sure that he can't crack 4-5. I'm, I'm betting he can go run 4-4. That's a great point. All right, so Andre Ware is here. I wanted to get to this. And uh, let's let's turn back the clock now. Because oh, Drew tweeted, we're going to party like it's 1989. <laughs> All right. Now, I got the picture. I got the picture of you <laughs> celebrating. It's an awesome picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with a, with a Dickinson Gator hat on? No, it's, uh, it's the one where you, you're in the room. Finding out you oh, got the yeah, highest yeah, party yeah. and your, your buddies were around yeah. you. So. A couple of things about Andre playing quarterback for the University of Houston. First of all, you're in the Southwest Conference. So 
You're playing Texas, Texas A&M, Arkansas. We've Texas been a Texas. power five in today's world. Yeah, in today's world, absolutely. I mean, you look at the Cougs now, and, and we all love the Cougs. And, boy, that you know, the H-Town takeover was magnificent. Mm-hmm. Keenum, all-time leading passer in NCAA history. You played all those schools every year. Yeah. So there you are in 89, and the weeks are going by. You don't win every game, but you're winning most of the games, and you're putting all up numbers. All but two. When did you realize, or when when did you start thinking, or when was the attention starting to build that you could possibly win the trophy? Like, when did that kind of thing creep up? Because it couldn't have been after, like, three weeks. It had to have it been didn't. a little bit later on. It didn't. It never did. And I wouldn't let it. Okay. I had a rule going into the season every year, and July 4th was a cutoff date for many things. Mm-hmm. But I stopped reading a paper on July 4th. <laughs> Drew's laughing over there. The paper. And it was many what's things. A, July 4th was the cutoff day. Uh, I stopped reading the paper. It was the Chronicle and the Post at that point. Mm-hmm. There were two two papers in this city. And I stopped watching TV. And okay. so I became a very boring person. But it was all football and it was all school. And I would not allow my focus to go away from what we were doing. And you can ask any teammate that I ever played with. Going back to that point in time, I never mentioned the Heisman Trophy. Well, what about media asking you? They would ask it, and I would obviously have to answer the question, but it was more so I would redirect it towards what we have to do this week. And it was just, you know, I don't know if it was a boring interview or what, but my focus was on I would not break routine. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Ted Nance, who was our SID at the time, uh, he would set it up to where, okay, at this time, he's got to go A, B, C, and D. He's going to study hall. So you better get your questions in before he has to go to study hall. And I was that scheduled and regimented in, in how I attacked things the entire year and didn't look up from it. And if it, my, my take on it is if it happened, it happened. And if it happened, it was going to happen for all of us and not just me. So it was we couldn't go to a bowl game. For something that happened when I think a lot of us were in the fifth grade at the time, fourth and fifth grade, we were serving that probationary period. Right. We weren't on TV. And weren't on TV, but that worked to our benefit because all of a sudden you hear about what we were doing, you were staying up later to watch tape delayed games of what the Cougars were doing. And so if like I said, if we were gonna if we if I was winning it, that was a reward for everybody. And so I just put my head down and I wasn't in the this big campaign about sending out postcards and this, that, and the other. They'd call the university coach, uh, and uh, Ted Nance would give them what we did on offense that week. And that was about it. That's why in, even today as a voter, don't send me any stuff. Right. I'm campaign watching. Stuff. It's my job to watch as a voter yeah. and as, as an analyst for college football. But that is one way to, like, make me you know dismiss you so to speak because you're campaigning for it did ted, and i don't i don't like that aspect of it in in today's world well did ted dance kind of prepare you and say hey you might be up for this i mean <clears throat> this is a possibility yeah but you know it it still was like okay that's that's fine and dandy let me let my play speak for it mm-hmm. and let, let my my play speak for itself and at the end of this if that's if we're going to new york let's go to new york but uh i i wasn't uh, that that I felt like could take away from my performance on the field if I allowed that train of thought to creep in. And it's a hard thing to do. I've heard you say something like this, but you kind of consider this award, the Heisman Trophy, to be a team championship. It is. It is. Uh, not only the award, the retiring of the number, the number on the field at the university, we all accomplished that because I couldn't do it without 
guys catching the ball and guys protecting me. And, and what people realize in this whole deal is that we had the number two defense in the country. Mm-hmm. Cornelius Price, God rest his soul, had 12 interceptions that year. How many other times did we get shots to go down the field because oh, yeah. he was picking off teams? A couple of times he scored. So, you know, it was... Uh, it's like, Cornelius, don't yeah, do that. Yeah, you know, I'm, playing, I'm <laughs> playing with guys who like Lamar Lathan and Glenn Montgomery and, mm. and Craig Vesey, Alfred Oglesby. We had a great defense that got us many, many t- turns at uh, on offense. So you couldn't help but put up some numbers. But, but fast forward to now, when I do get a chance to sit and, and look back and I'm doing a game or getting ready for a game and you're talking about this, this quarterback and all of these great numbers he's putting up and he's averaging... 300 yards a game passing and that's coming out in their press releases i'm like well we threw for 420 <laughs> something a game back you're way ahead with the like, big it, it was right place <laughs> at the right time and that's all that i could ever uh, attribute it to yeah i would say you know the way marino was putting up way ahead of his time numbers yes. in the nfl you guys were putting up way ahead of your time numbers in college football yeah. it was like and i remember reading about it like what is this yeah because a 400 yard passing game now you see it every saturday 400 yard passing game then it's like whoa who's throwing for 400 yards yeah you know yeah i mean you look at today's game when they're throwing it a bunch we we threw it a lot then i, I remember in arizona state one night we threw it 69 times yeah and we were wow. playing against you know, the the officials in that game were all Pac-12 officials. I think we had Pac-10 at that point. We had over 200-plus 200 yards in penalties. We well, there, still put up 36 There's points. a lot of disdain, too, for that offense. Yeah. That, I mean, because the Oilers were playing it at the mm-hmm. same time you were, 87, Glanville, all that stuff. A little different. But, yeah, there's a lot of disdain, like, <laughs> this is not real football almost. Yeah, and uh, but we were scoring real points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the points sure were Putting real. Up real yards. And, and, uh, and the thing about it, I think we're – a lot of people got kind of sideways with it was we approached it at the University of Houston that we were going to start the game or finish the game the way we started it, whether I was in the game or Klingler was in the game. But those guys worked hard in practice. So why would you ask them to go in the game and sit on the football? Right. They're going to throw it too. Play your game. And that year I only played in two games where I played in the fourth quarter. That was A&M and Arkansas. The other ones I was watching him play. So it was – you know, it was satisfying to, to uh, watch a guy that worked his tail off in practice get some run as well. Well, my friend, it's been a great visit. Let's do it again soon. Let's do it. it, okay. it this went too fast. It, it did go so fast. fast. We've definitely got to do this again. All right. How about it for Andre Ware, ladies and gentlemen? Bud Ruckers and Stafford, Texans All Access, next from here on Texans Radio. This is Texans Radio. This is Texans Radio. This is Texans